It is so, so good to uh, see all of you. Um, every January now, for the last few years, uh, this has been a, a, regular, a regular place, and it's good to see the group of guys growing. Um, the way this goes down for me is that I sit somewhere... Yeah, I don't have an assigned seat at this church, but I've been here for about 21 years, and I, I sit out there every Sunday. And um, as having the privilege of being an elder here for the last couple decades, um, I get to know your stories. And, you know, we hear about your journey. Some of you will actually meet with me, or you'll meet with another elder. You'll turn in your prayer cards. Uh-huh. And that enables me to have a lens into your life. And maybe it's not your life, but it's somebody at your tables. And what I hear about is uh, I hear about the praises, and then I hear about the requests and the, the difficulties in life. And, and as I sit out here every Sunday, once in a while, um, I will feel and hear from God. Uh, that there is something that I'm supposed to say, and I fight it. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But what it feels like to me is like just get up now and say it, which would be completely inappropriate, and Adam or Guy would kick me off the stage, and then Matt York would come and grab me and, and escort me out, so I won't do that, but I, I take note of what is it that I'm supposed to say because I know that... Uh, there's probably an opportunity for me somewhere in the year to where I get to stand up here and I get to look at all your faces and, and share with you a little bit of what I'm hearing and, and hopefully what God's got through me for you. And it happened again about four or five months ago as I was sitting over here and I was looking over on this side of the church. And as I was looking over on this side of the church, I noticed something that really pained me. And what I noticed was... Um, Victims. I noticed that there were victims of us guys um, drifting off course. And what I saw were women and children. And I saw women and children that were suffering as a result of us guys drifting. And, um, and I knew. It was like, okay, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And then over the months... Um, the message becomes bigger, and the thoughts become more abundant, and, um, and then I actually start to freak out, even at 5.15 this morning, because I don't have one big point. I have like 14 big points, and that's no good for you. The big point is Jesus. The 14, we'll see what comes out of me, okay? I was thinking about the talk, and this is what we're going to talk about. The big shift, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Let that one sink in for a minute. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, I know there are guys here 
that are journeying through life, and you're all at different places. So I'm not speaking to one group of guys that are at the same stage of life, experiencing the same things, believing the same things. I've got guys in the room sitting at these tables ranging from age 13, stud, awesome. I'm so glad you're here. To guys that are ranging all the way on up to 104. And I know, no, I'm kidding. We got some guys that are all across the spectrum, right? And then we have guys that are in this kind of worldview spectrum as well. We're on this journey. And, and I know some of you are sitting there going, man, I, I love Christ. I love Christ. He's my everything. You could get up here and you could deliver a message that would blow mine away. I know that. But I also know there's guys in the room that are going, ah, you're a freak. You've already started freaking me out. You're talking about Jesus. And I came to hear about something else. I know, because I know who's in the room. And what I'll tell you is, I'm so glad you're in the room, regardless of where you are in your journey. On your table, there's pens and there's a piece of paper. And I'm going to ask you to just go along with me here, please. Grab that sheet of paper, grab your pen. If we're going to talk about the big shift and we're going to talk about for we walk by faith and not by sight, we walk by faith and not by sight, which is right out of the New Testament, right out of Corinthians. We walk by faith but not by sight. What we hear is that we walk. We're on a journey. I'll be 55. And I'm on a journey. And there's some aspects of my journey that, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. They're so good. And then there's some aspects of my journey that are just hard, really hard. You're going to see some of that affect me today. If it does, just know. I experience pain like some of you. We walk by faith, but not by sight. That's a big shift. Because these things for me work. And I see a lot. And it impacts me. I see things that I like. I see things that I want. Just like you. And it impacts me. And that's what we're going to unpack today is this big shift. But I want to know where you're at. My question for you on one side of your piece of paper is, how is your journey going? How is your journey going? Uh, a couple of words, one, two, three words. How's your journey right here, right now? And what I mean is, how's life? I walk by faith, not by sight. I've been walking for almost 55 years. How is your walk? How's it going? How's life for you? One or two words that best describe it. Don't be looking at one another's sheets of paper. You're going to crumple them up. Don't put your name on it. Take a minute and write that down real quick for me. How's your journey going? Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to your mind. All right, turn that sheet of paper over. Ten is you are experiencing the most amazing time every morning throughout the day with Christ. You feel like there is just this connection. A 10 is, there is such a connection that when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, 
So guys, no matter where you're at in your journey, I'm going to be talking about the Bible all morning. The fruit of the Spirit, when we walk with Christ, we are promised love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We're promised this fruit to come out of us. A 10 is all day long, that's what I feel. All day long. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I feel that all day. That's a 10. And, and it's so real in my life that it just gushes out of me and everyone around is feeling it. That's a 10. And a 1 is zero. No time with them. Don't feel that at all. Don't even know what you're talking about. Right? Two ends of the spectrum. Don't overthink it. What's that first number that comes to you? Write it down. No one's going to know you wrote it. Write down that number. Ten is me and Christ. So tight. He's everything. He's on the throne, and I stare at him all day long. A one is, I don't even know what you're talking about. No time. No reality. No belief. Crumple your paper up. Crumple it up right now. all crumpled up. Look across the room and just give it your best throw right now. On the count of three, one, two, three, throw. Thank you. All right. Some of you grab a couple pieces of paper for me. I want to know who I'm talking to. Grab a few pieces of paper. Thank you. Uh, You don't need to start throwing them at me. I'm going to ask you to read. All right, the journey is good, and I'm at a level six. This one's cool. It's got a number five on it, and then it's got your notes on it. I kind of screwed your morning up. This is where you're taking your notes. Sorry about that. You're not getting it back. You need something else. Challenging. And a three. Come on, help me out. What do you guys, what'd you guys pick up? For those of you who picked them up, I want to hear a few of you. Seven and flip it over. Uphill, sometimes lonely, full. Okay. Uphill, sometimes lonely, full. Seven. Three. Three. Let me hear three. Stress and repetitive. Who else? Yes. Stressful and sure. Stressful and sure. Six. Six. Back there. Tough, lonely, seven. And was there good in there too? Okay, thanks. Four, discouragement and uncertain about my future. One or two more. You're helping me. Six. Six. Um, not good fighting for life. Six. Not good fighting for life. Four. You are a That was amazing. I heard you over here. <laughs> what were you going to say? What was it? No number and skeptical. No number and skeptical. Thank you. Appreciate the honesty. 
And now the voice carries and somebody was four. Heavy. All right, enough. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's the journey, right? A few years back when I was with you, I talked about, for those of you who are here, the room was smaller then, but uh, I talked about life and I kind of saw us on this river raft and we get these seasons where we bump into rocks and we're just like chaos. It's a, it's a class five, we're getting ripped out of the boat and slamming onto rocks and our life is at stake. And then there are these seasons where the, the river calms down and we, we find that eddy and we get to cruise over to the right and there's a nice sunny grassy meadow and we go have lunch and, and relax. And, and I still see life that way and I think that's where you guys are. You guys are somewhere on the river. And if we're going to make a shift, if we walk by faith and not by sight, what happens to us is we walk with more assuredness. When I was sitting in church and I was looking over here and I saw victims, what came to me was heaven. What came to me is heaven. And I don't know where you guys are all at with your belief in heaven and your imagination with regards to what heaven is, what it's going to be like, or what our job is here now as Christ followers with regards to heaven. I don't know where you're at, but that is what I want to really impart to you is that I'm now walking with Christ for three decades. And what I'm seeing in life is that heaven is becoming more meaningful to me. This is my journey, all right? My journey. Heaven is becoming more meaningful and more real to me. I wish that heaven were more real and more meaningful to me when I was 13. I really do. You know what it was to me when I was 13? Not even a thought. Not even a thought. I didn't start really thinking about it until maybe late teens and early 20s when I came to Christ at 22. And even then, I thought about it, but if you were to ask me to paint a picture of it or to draw out what I thought heaven would look like or to write out and describe what I thought it would be like, it would be fairy ish And if it's fairy ish well, that's hard for me to believe in. Like, I need a, a heaven that is tangible and that is real and that is exciting and that I would look forward to. Because if that's my destination, if it's a really good, beautiful destination, then I'm going to make the sacrifice and I'm going to better understand and want to understand the steps to take that I need to take to go from here to there. It's to the GPS again. I need to have clarity around that destination. Nobody plans a vacation to a place that sucks, right? Not, not intentionally. Like, we don't get all excited and do all this Google research. Where's the worst, most miserable place to go have a vacation? I'm going to spend money and invest time in that. I'll bring my family. Nobody's that stupid. Well, if we don't have a hope and an excitement about that destination well, then we're not going to put the appropriate steps in order for us to get there. 
The big shift, we walk by faith, not by sight, has to do with we're so clear and so excited about the destination that it informs the steps we take right here, right now. I want to talk about this. I, I, I've got a lot here. Um, this is big. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So offer your bodies a holy sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. When I look over here and I see victims, what I see victims of is guys that aren't doing this. So I didn't want this morning to be a beat-up guy's morning, and it's not going to be. It's going to be an encouraging morning. But we need to understand the pitfalls, and we need to be eyes wide open, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We need to, to believe that there's consequences for how we live, not just here, but eternal. If we're so excited about the eternal then we understand the source and the designer that created the eternal and that created us for the eternal. And then we understand the beautiful roadmap that he gave to us. And then it's easier for us to offer our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Sacrifice, worship. There's a shift that happens. When guys come in and see me, especially younger guys, but not always younger guys, and it happens, and I've got guys in the room. You come in, and you found yourself up against the rocks. Um, there's an addiction. There's some repeated poor behavior. Um, there's some bad thinking, which causes bad action. What's happening to those guys is, us guys is, that we're wrestling. We don't like what's coming out of us. We don't like how we're operating. and We want to know how to get out of it. And we can't white knuckle it. We can't sit there and just say, we're not going to do that anymore. We have to shift from sacrifice to worship. We have to get so excited about what could be that we don't want what is anymore. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If I read it just like that, it doesn't have meaning. But if I read it and understand it, I urge you, like I urge you, Paul's saying, I urge you, listen to me. Offer, in view of God's mercy, his goodness on your life, Offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't miss this next verse. This is the big shift right here. This is it. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, yeah, okay, what's that mean? You read through the scriptures and you just see these themes that get built upon and built upon and built upon in God's word. It's amazing. Well, here's... The build. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God, God's will is, his good, 
pleasing and perfect will. His good and pleasing perfect will for you. It's for you. Hey, guys, this will seem weird to some, and it'll seem beautiful to others. You're not an accident. You are not an accident. None of you are an accident. I do not believe that any of you are here for some random, purposeless reason, and because of ancestors that crawled in the water, that made their way out to the shore, that leaped and leaped, that then ate bananas, and now you are here for no reason. I don't believe that with any bit of me, and I think that takes immense faith. To believe there is no God, there is no creator, that's big faith. What I believe is you were created. Like God, he had a a plan for your life. He said, I want you here. I'm going to make you, and then I'm going to use you, all of you. And here's the biggie, and he loves you. The one who created you just loves you, and he digs you. So when I hear apathy, and I hear some of those terms that were written on your pieces of paper, my heart breaks for you. The enemy's creeping in, and you're not seeing who you are, and you're not seeing who he is, who created you, who loves you, who wants to use you, regardless of where you're at in life. And he's like, come on. I know where you're coming. You're going to be with me. You're going to be with me forever, and it's going to be awesome. And you can't even imagine how good it's going to be when you get here. And as a result of that, I want you to live in a way that brings me and that to the world. We'll talk about that more in the moments ahead. If I read the scripture, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I miss it. I don't know about you guys, but I've been spending the majority of my mornings for years in the word, and I have mornings where that's how I read the word. And then seven minutes later, ask me what I read, and I don't have anything. Right? I'm the only one that's experienced that. None of you have. You guys are all so spiritual. Like, why waste our time? This is the first men's breakfast where I've heard such joy in the back of the room. And I want you to know, wherever you are, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad you brought new life. So if you're sitting there going, oh, no, he or she's making noise, awesome. It's good noise. Yeah. Wherever you are, I hear you back there. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. We need to read this, and I borderline cheesy, but super awesome. Do not conform. Do not conform. You hear that? Hey, guys, don't conform. It's not a casual, hey, don't conform. No, it's a warning. It is a stern warning. When I was reading it a couple months back and then having the privilege of watching an epic movie with my daughter and my wife, I saw this one scene, and I was like, that's, that's how Paul's talking to me in this. When he's saying, do not conform, this is what he's saying. Oh, 
shall not pass. I think he's saying, be not conformed. I think it's that intensity because I think that's our enemy. Like when we're conformed to the pattern of the world, what we're doing is we're saying we bow down to that. And to not be conformed, that's a battle because that is what we see with our eyes. For we not walk not by faith, but by sight. I'm sorry, we walk by, yeah, faith, but, but not by sight. When we're walking by sight, what we're seeing is the world. And it's so alluring. It's so alluring. And I think what Paul's saying is, hey, guys, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed. But he's saying it with Gandalf's intensity. Because Paul knew what kind of an enemy we were fighting. And I think that is a great visual I think that is a great visual of the enemy that we fight each and every day. But if we walk by faith and not by, or we walk by sight and not by faith, if we walk by sight, we don't see the enemy. We don't see and we don't understand. And then when we find ourselves waylaid and we find ourselves in these places of apathy and hopelessness and frustration and anger, when we find ourselves in those places, what we do as men is we put a target on somebody and we put our target on another human or we put the target on ourself. And then all sorts of funky behavior comes from that. But he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave us there. He doesn't say, don't be conformed, or don't try to white-knuckle it. What he says is, be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. I want to dissect this by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? How do we renew our mind? I want to make this so tangible, so practical. How do you renew your mind? Well, if we're not going to be conformed, we can't just focus on what we shouldn't think. Don't look at that website. Don't touch that. Don't pursue her. Don't drink that. Don't take that. Stop, stop, stop. It's bad, bad, bad. You can't just do that. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you don't focus on what it is you don't want. That's a losing battle 100% of the time. The only way we transform is by the renewing of our our mind. So we don't focus on what we don't want. We focus on what we do want. We focus on the good. We don't focus on avoiding the bad vacation. We focus on the promise and on the good. The how. The how. I showed this one time to you guys, I think before. But I want to show it again. Because I I want us to understand a little bit about how God designed us, about the brain, about the heart, about behavior. Okay, the renewing of your mind. Think about, mind, think, right? That's what he says. Be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind. It's your thinking. What are you putting into your mind? What are you putting into your mind? Guys, put something better in your mind. I need to put more good in my mind. The more 
I think about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the more I think about heaven, the more I think about the one who created me, who created me for purpose, who created me for good and who wants to use me and who loves me, the more I think about that, well, the more comfortable I become with it. The more I think about that, well, then the more I believe it. The more I believe it in here, the big shift, the big shift, what's all out here to what I was designed for, who loves me, who wants to use me, who wants to use you, belief. Now, this is what we need to understand as men. Feelings is driving us. Men are making decisions based upon feeling, and we always have. Think about this for a second. How do decisions get made? Are you guys all logic and data? I get all the facts. I research. When the facts lead to this, then I make the decision. You may think that, but I'll tell you what. I don't buy it. All the research shows that the majority of us humans make decisions based upon how we feel about something, which is why large organizations, large corporations spend so much money on advertising and on product that make you feel a certain way. It's feeling. How do you feel when you get into that car? How do you feel when you use that finely designed piece of equipment? How do you feel when you buy that product and drink it? How do you feel? We make decisions based upon feeling. When I talk to guys that find themselves in trouble, right before the big moment of trouble, there was a feeling that took place. And that feeling then manifested itself in a behavior. And that behavior, well, it impacted relationship. What I think about impacts what I believe. What I believe impacts how I feel. How I feel impacts relationships. How I feel about my relationships. What I believe about me, my relationship with God, and my relationship with you as fellow man impacts my actions, which then impacts the results that I get, the story of my life. Now, does it always work in this order? Absolutely not. Yes, it builds up. But what we need to understand is it builds down because the results I get can feed lies, which then can promote further actions, which then can further damage or enhance relationships, which can impact how I feel, which alters how, what I believe, and ultimately how I think. But what Paul's telling us as inspired by God is you will be re renewed by the transforming of your mind. So what is it you can control? What is it you can control? Where do you start in the journey? You start in the journey by understanding the big picture. The big shift is there's a big, huge God, and he wants us to walk by faith, not by sight, and he wants to use us, and he loves us, and he is so excited about us, and he's got a plan for us that includes us right here today, January 12th, all the way into eternity. And the beautiful thing about Christianity is that Christianity says that you're saved when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. 
It doesn't say that you're saved when you do these 147 things, repeat, 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 over and over and over, and you earn your way into eternity. That's the beauty of Christianity. This Jesus guy came, lays down his life, after walking as a man like you and me, to create a bridge for us to be with the creator because God's perfect and we men are imperfect. There's an enemy who's doing everything he can to create a chasm between us and God. So how we see the world is really, really big. Our perspective, our, our perspective and what we see and what we believe is really big. And the way that we see and view the world impacts thinking. When I was praying for our time and over the last few months, the big message for me continued to be heaven. Do you have a kingdom perspective, a heaven perspective? How can I help in that? Heaven. For those of us that follow Christ, our job right here, right now, is to bring heaven to earth. The way we live our life should cause other people to say, ooh, I want that. I want him. I want where you're headed. I want, I want to be on that train. We bring that reality here because we have a hope in so doing that when we get there, we got more company. I remember hanging out with one of my buddies who was dying, and uh, this was 1998. This was the first time I sat with somebody as they took their last breath here and their first breath in eternity. And I remember being with Mike and... Uh, some of you heard me tell the story, but something that impacts me with regards to this was as I was talking to him and he was encouraging me to carry on his message, a guy that had just come to Christ in recent years who had a, a beautiful wife and a five-year-old daughter and knew he was terminal, like he knew. It was like, we're counting the moments. What he said was, tell everybody about how my life changed with Jesus because I don't want to get there and not have the people that I love and know and care for not coming. I want all of the people I love, know for, and care for, I want them to be with me. That was a dying 38-year-old's biggest, biggest desire. He had friends and family that didn't know Jesus. And what was most pressing to him, what was most important to him in his final, final moments, yes, watch over my wife and watch over my daughter, but we've got that taken care of. Make sure everybody knows, make sure everybody knows that I have a hope in heaven through my hope and belief in Christ. A dying man, final thoughts. What do you think? What's your perspective on life? Like any good sermon, there's always three points. I told you I had 14, so I have three with slides. Perspective, how do you see the world? How do you see the world? The first P is perspective. If we go through our days and we think life is about what we see with our eyes, if we walk by sight and sight alone, then I think we're buying the lie and we're playing the game of competition. Don't miss this. The way the enemy works is he gets you to compete. It's a game of competition. In 1 John, we're told that Satan shoots these arrows at us, and those arrows are his inroads for sin. We're told that it's lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. And I've talked about that before. Lust of the eyes, I see it, 
I want it, I don't have it, I need that, if I get that, then it'll make me feel good. Then I'll feel better. Then I'll be more loved, I'll be more respected. Lust of the eyes, I see that, I need that. Lust of the flesh, I don't want to feel this anymore. I want to feel better. Or I want to feel that. Lust of the flesh, the flesh, I mean, we're lustful beings. God created us to lust, but then he gave us a helpmate and a wife. That's where we get to live out some of what we are created to experience. But when that lust gets misappropriated, we get ourselves into trouble. 100% of the time, when that lust is misappropriated, we get ourselves into trouble. And we not only hurt ourselves, but we hurt people. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life, competition. The boastful pride of life, competition. You're not thinking about me. You're not thinking enough about me. You need to think more about me. If our perspective is we're going to get to some point in life and then this thing's over. There is no continuation. There is no heaven. If we prevent death, if that's all we see, we live differently. If we live without a belief in an eternal, amazing, amazing journey, then how we live today, that perspective, it's, it's not what it could be. When this is our perspective, when we realize that our days are numbered, when we realize that it doesn't matter if your years here are few or many. I've got a couple teammates in the room. One of them, Barry, one of my closest brothers, has been journeying with me for 20-some years. We've seen a lot over the years. And yesterday, he and another uh, new friend, a guy that I've been journeying with for the last few years who's now playing a key role in our company, we spent the last couple of days together being led by a guy to where if he could share, oh, he would rock us. He was a guy who lost a teenage son to cancer and now his wife's fighting cancer. And he's there facilitating, helping us and pouring out as a result of his deep faith. This guy has a story, but this guy's perspective is heaven. He knows between now and then, oh, it's a rocky, tough road. It's a rocky, tough road. And the way that he engages is differently. He's not living here trying to prevent death in fear. He's not trying to compete. What he's seeing is he's here to do good. So if we're going to walk by faith, not by sight, we have this worldview, this belief in heaven And it's so real to us, and we're thinking about it over and over and over. This is what it looks like when we live by sight. This is it, the here and now. This is life. Nothing after. Do we see ourselves on a journey that here we're we're here for a purpose, which is my next big P. And it's eternal. It's eternal. If we believe in heaven and if we focus on what will enable us to have more of that transformation, we're going to live differently. 
In order to have a heaven perspective, the how, this is how. This is how. When I asked you to rate your, yourself in your journey with Christ and a 10 is all of the fruit and a 1 is not at all, I can tell you that at my stage in life, this is my favorite part of the day. Oh, I love my wife. Oh, I love my kids. I love my team. I love what we get to do. I love surfing. I love all sorts of fun stuff. This is my favorite part of the day. Early in the morning, it's my favorite part of the day. It wasn't that way in the beginning. Don't get discouraged. In the beginning, it was a have to. It felt like sacrifice. I'm sacrificing sleep. I'm sacrificing getting to work. I'm sacrificing a workout. I'm sacrificing something. Now this is a get to. This is a worship. We look back at Romans, right? This is not sacrifice. This is worship. When my body and my brain get to focus on this in the morning, oh, it's so good. If you want a heaven perspective, a kingdom perspective, then study the word that was given to us so that we can renew our mind. We need to think about this. We need to meditate on this. What's meditation? What's meditation? To meditate is to what? Think, right? Deeply, to think. Some will say to meditate is to get it to a state of not thinking. Allow your mind to be completely free, void of any thought. Now you've reached nirvana in meditation. That's not what we were designed for. We were designed to meditate on the one who created us, to think about and repeat over and over and over again. Part of my morning practice now, I love the Psalms, and I've been loving the Psalms for a long time. But Psalm 23 is speaking to me and helping me with the heaven perspective. So Psalms written by this Psalm 23, written by an amazing king, an amazing warrior. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. In green pastures. He leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, all this brokenness all around the world, I fear no evil. I fear no evil. Mm -mm. Even though it's all around me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my my head with oil. I like that. You guys with hair, it's called product. (laughs) You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's going to follow me all the days of my life. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And, and the big shift, here it comes. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. What's that next word? Forever. Forever. You believe it? 
You believe it? Gosh, I've got to remind myself of it over and over and again because my perspective, I walk by sight too much of the time. I'm seeing too much of the time, and I'm forgetting that. So my morning routine is just to meditate and bathe in Psalm 23. I like to just sit and close my eyes, slow down my breathing. After I've done my reading of whatever I've read in the Bible, whether it was Psalm 72 or whether it was Luke 3 or whatever it was for the day, I like to finish my morning vacation with Psalm 23 transforming my mind, thinking, thinking deeply. Because if we go back to that pyramid, my perspective, I believe that this is true. I think deeply. Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, the Lord. You're not my shepherd. That's not my shepherd. There's nobody else watching out for me. My shepherd is the Lord. He's the creator of the earth, and he's watching out for me. So I shall not want. He's got it figured out. I don't need to compete. I don't need to lust. He's got it. Over and over and over. Drink that in, guys. What are you drinking in in the morning? You want to get rid of anxiety? You want to get rid of apathy? You want to get rid of fear? You want to get rid of lust? Don't white-knuckle it. Don't stop, stop, stop. Pursue, pursue, pursue. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Does that mean that life won't throw curveballs at you? No. No. This life here, she's going to get cancer. This life here, your heart's going to hurt. This life here, your kids are going to make some decisions and you're going to just get ripped right to the core. You're going to have expectations for your career. Legs get cut out from under you. You're going to have dreams and hopes for what you would get to experience. It was that house. It was that trip. It was that car. Nope, you're not getting it. If you think this is what life's about, all of those things, every single one of them will disappoint you at some point. I get to spend my days talking to, working with some of the world's most successful people I'm not saying movie stars, but as an executive coach, I get to talk to really influential people. What a privilege. And I get to know them intimately. I get to hear their story. Nobody gets out of life. Nobody. I don't care if you're born into poverty or I don't care if you're born into fortune and fame. You're going to experience the pains of life. This world doesn't discriminate. You're going to get sick. Your body's going to age. You're going to lose things. You're going to lose things. You're going to be disappointed disrespected. All right, that's the end of my talk. Have a good day. (laughs) There's only one. There's only one. Only one. Only one that changes life. It's Christ. Only one that gets you from here to heaven. There's only one that comforts you, affirms you, and esteems you that says, yes, you've got what it takes, that loves you. There's only one. All the other things, they're not going to get you there. And I know some of you right now are going, Harkavy, I can't even get my head above water. I know, I know. There are some difficulties in the room. Press in, guys. Press in. Drop to your knees. Gather with guys that are going to surround you and 
and point you to him. Perspective, perspective, a heaven perspective, your mornings, your mornings in the word, the best part of the day, this weapon, the best weapon you'll ever get your hands on, meditate on it, meditate on it. The word, the word, you like these, don't you, bud? The word, no temptation has overtaken you except such that is common to man. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with each temptation will make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. These are memory cards. Locking, meditating God's word in. You can read these every morning. Write out verses that are meaningful to you. Put hash marks on the backside of them. Memorize them. Meditate on them. Why did I read that one? I don't even know if you heard it. There won't be a temptation you'll face that is unique to you. God will always give you a way of escape. God will always give you a way out. So if you're imprisoned right now, God will give you a way out. World perspective versus heaven perspective. Memorize, meditate, pray. Thinking about heaven and God's word. Revelation 21. Revelation 21, one of the final chapters. Is it the actual final chapter or is there 22? Hey, pastors, is there... Is there a 22? Where's 21 at? There's a 22. Thank you, Pastor. You warrior. Yeah, you get it, my man. 22. 21. 21, from my vantage point, gives me the best picture of what heaven's going to be like. If I want to better understand my destination and where I'm going, and I want to get excited about that, then I need to know that. And you know what I love about that, Revelation 21, and I've read it with dying people before, not just once. I read it to myself when I'm watching somebody go from this earth to the heaven. Is the promise is you're going to a place where there's no more pain. You're going to a place where God will wipe away every tear. There's no more death. There's none of that. There's none of the crap that just knocks us off course all the time. There's just goodness. And that is all I need to know about heaven. That's all I need to know. Ah, but the bonus, I'll be in the presence of the one who loves me, created me. I get to walk with him and see him actually like this, like you right here, right now. That's what it says in Revelation 21. But I need to know the word. I need to meditate on it. In order to get that perspective, the first P, a heaven perspective versus the world perspective, time. It's time. It's repeat, repeat, repeat time, day in and day out. How many days a week? Eight Yeah, some of you are on the road. It's in the hotel room first thing in the morning. Some of you live in tight quarters. Find your little corner. Go to your little corner all of the time. Some of you go into the closet. Go to one place all the time. Always have your morning vacation. I promise you. I promise you. Young men. Young men. There's guys my age and older here in the room that have been walking with Christ for three decades and longer. 
And when I get to look at the young men, when I get to look at my sons in the back and their buddies, when I get to look at young guys in the room, you want to change your life? You want to live a good life? Don't be conformed to the world. This is it. He's the one. I've been around them all. I've seen it. Heaven's real. Christ is for you, and he wants you, and you need to know him, and this is the instrument. This is it. Sometimes it feels like sacrifice. Sometimes it feels like routine. Sometimes it's like, ah, I read it, nothing locked in. Don't worry about reading 10 books. Don't worry about reading one chapter. Read one verse. Find the one verse. Meditate on the one verse over and over and over again. Change your life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God. The Word is God. This is how he shows up. He shows up this way. He communicates us to us through prayer and through people. Don't miss this. Best part of the day. Change your life. Heaven perspective. First P, perspective. Second P, purpose. What's your purpose, guys? What's your purpose? Who wants to take a swing? Give me your purpose. Let me know you're with me. One person, tell me your purpose. Love God, love people, people, and you do in a very beautiful way, my friend. Honestly, you encourage me every time I see you. Thank you. Thank you. You deepen my faith. You do. Have for decades. What's your purpose? Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Beautiful. Lead. Lead. Beautiful. Matthew. Write this one down. Matthew 5.16. Here's your purpose. Let your light shine before all men. Let your light shine in such a way that your good works, oh my gosh, really? Let your light shine before all men so that they may glorify your Father in heaven. I butchered that. Let your light shine. That's all you need to know. Who's got it memorized? Let your light shine in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Sometimes they get a little confused in the old brain. I think that's our purpose. Let your light shine. There's so much in the scriptures about light. There's so much about light in a dark world. And our light is to shine through our good works so that people see God's with you. God's with you. You're different. They're attracted to him. Your purpose is to be used to attract humanity to God. I was with Mike Self, the guy that kicked us off this morning. You're a stud as well. Gosh, you encourage us, brother. Thank you for leading so beautifully. Mike and I were having coffee last week talking about today. And he said, Daniel, make sure that you you talk about platform too. There's another P, platform. All guys need to know they have a platform. It's not just pastors. I know. Like, do you know you have a platform, students? Do you know I have a platform, guys that are working in a factory? Do you know you have a platform, guys that are retired? Do you know you have a platform... Guys that are operating on people, you know you have a platform. Guys that are checking into an office and sporting the 
the warrior suit every day. You know, if a platform. Okay, let's talk about the platform for a minute. Let your light shine in such a way. Okay? Let your light shine. Good works. How many of you are married? Okay, let's start there. Let's start there. You know, when your light shines, the lighting's right, she becomes more beautiful. Am I right? In the dark, you can't see her. When your light shines, she becomes more beautiful. She becomes more of the woman she was created to be. Hey, young men who are dating, young men who are on the pursuit, may your effect be one of beautiful light, not dark damage. You have a platform. Start there. May your good works be such that when she's with you, she's going, Jesus is real. He's real. The way my man loves me deepens my faith. Not hinders my faith. Well, Daniel, you don't understand. She's miserable. She's a grouch. She's half glass half empty. You should see what she's done. I know you got stories because she's like me. She's just like me. She's bumping and crashing her way through life, and, and nobody gets out of life without making mistakes. We're called to love, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can love. Matthew 20, 18. Sorry, Matthew 28. Matthew, oh, no. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Great commission, that's your purpose. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples. How do we do that? By letting our light shine. First and foremost, our light needs to shine. And then disciples are Christ followers. So the light we shine and how we treat her causes her to want to follow Christ more. How many of you have kids? Okay, your platform. Don't get that wrong. How are we doing there? I'm not asking how you did yesterday. I don't want to lose any of you. I know I've made mistakes. And so have you. And we sit here and we got regrets. Shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that, wish they wouldn't have seen that, right? Hurts. Hurts. Satan wants you to focus on that and that alone. He wants that to define you, but that's not what Christ came to do. He came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. Don't be a captive to that lie. Yeah, you did it. Now, he or she, son or daughter, they've got to take that. They've got to take that to the Lord. That's going to be used in their own journey. But that is not a hall pass for us to repeat. We can't repeat and repeat. We have a platform to let our light shine. Every day, when you're having that beautiful time on the ground, when you're in the word, when you're praying, when you're meditating, are you wholeheartedly, guys, are you wholeheartedly asking for the Lord to use you in such a way with your wife and with your children, with the girl you're dating, with your friends, with your community, are you asking that he will fill you up in ways that cause them to be more attracted to Christ? Are you every day asking for that? Why wouldn't we? I need all the help in the world because the world is strong. And if I want to have kingdom purpose and I want to live that out, I need to call on the one who can actually transform me and then change my behavior, which then impacts my relationships. I need to be praying. 
Maybe that's it for you today. Maybe that's what you need to hear. Maybe that's your commitment right now. For some of you, your commitment is, I'm going to make morning times it. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to write down scripture. I'm going to memorize it. Maybe that's it. Pick one of them. Or maybe it's, I'm going to pray specifically. No matter what, every day, I'm going to pray that I will be more of a light to her, more of a light to them, more of a light to them. You ain't going to get it if you don't ask for it. This is not something that we do on our own. This is supernatural. I know who you are on your own. I know who I am on my own. I'm selfish. I can't love if all I'm trying to do is preserve me. I can't give it away if all I'm trying to do is worry about me. I need divine help. Got to ask for it. Maybe that's it for you guys. Your purpose is to let your light shine. Your purpose is to make disciples. That's it. End of story. I don't care if you're swinging a hammer. I don't care if you're programming something behind a computer. I don't care if you're checking my ears and looking down my throat. I don't care what you're doing. You got a purpose. And you live it out in your vocation. And all of us get to do that. And when we do that together, then the world experiences heaven. Because light, 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 light. Kudos to you guys. That's what you're doing. That's why the room's more full today than it was three years ago. The way you're living is causing other guys to come and go, you know, what are you doing? I want to come. I want more. When we understand this, we understand our platform, we understand the emotional piece, we're better equipped to fight addiction and we're better equipped to fight apathy. And apathy happens when we just stop caring And what we start doing is we start medicating so that we don't feel anymore. We check out. And we medicate through this. We medicate through this. We medicate through anything else. And we just kind of check out. Some of us are medicating through living through the vicarious world of this. Don't have to engage with you guys if I just engage with all them, my real friends. Last P, plan. What's your plan, guys? Going to drive it home right here, right now. What's your plan? Yeah, we walk by faith, not by sight. We want to have a kingdom perspective. We need to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat over and over and over again. Meditate day and night. We need to meditate day and night on, day and night on goodness so that we can live out this purpose. What's your plan? What's the one thing you're going to do? This is where I get into something that can seem completely self-serving. It's not. I'm going to share with you a tool. It's just a tool. This is the absolute best weapon you've got. This is up here. I'm going to share a tool with you that's down here, and it might help you. It's helped me. Because I think we need a plan. I had one guy come up to me earlier today and tell me that the plan has changed his life. And I love hearing that. Because what the plan did is it enabled him to make a decision One time, and now he just spends his days managing the decision. He doesn't have to every day figure out, what am I going to do in this situation? What am I going to do? How am I going to treat her? He knows where he's going. He's got a destination. He's got a plan. Well, something that we do is we help people to lead themselves better by putting a plan in place, and I want to give it to all of you. You can have it. I love giving it away. Take it. Take it. Because you've got an enemy, and it's the drift. And the drift happens, and I don't even walk you through all of it quickly, but we drift. We drift. 
We're unaware of the drift. We get off course. We wind up on the side. We're distracted. We're focused on some shiny object. We drift away from who we want to be because we're completely stressed out and overwhelmed, or we deceived. We think we can correct tomorrow. So we drift off of being the men that we want to be. And when we do, bad things happen. When you drift off being the man of God, when you drift off of this, you drift off of him being king, you no longer, and you start to conform, 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 drifting from transforming and just white-knuckling it. You drift off. You'll find yourself confused. Let's read those notes that you all threw at each other. You'll find yourself having spent or wasted a lot of money, not just expensive in money, but also expensive in time. You'll miss all sorts of opportunities to be the man you were created to be. You don't get to go back and and do a redo when she rides her bike for the first time. You don't get a redo. You don't get a redo in so many things in life. You get forgiveness, but you don't get a redo. There's only so many first times, right? You lose opportunity. You experience pain. Some of you are in it today. You've drifted and there's pain. And here's the big daddy. When we drift off of being the men that we were designed to be, when we drift from being transformed, when we're conformed to the world, it's going to lead to sin. How often? What percentage of time? 100. The plan, if you want it, grab it. If you want it, grab it. It's a life plan, and it gives you the ability to put together a GPS for your life. If any of you want to see it, I've got mine. I'll stick around. Um, All it does is it helps me to gain clarity around where I want to be in the areas of my life with a belief that God can enable me to get there. It will enable, God will enable me to be met, that man as a husband, that man as a father, that man as a friend, that man in my community, that man. I want to see what that looks like, and I want to believe in something bigger because if I operate in these optics right here, right now, and this is all I see, my emotions can be defeated, and I will not walk by faith. I will not believe Philippians 4.13, which is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I won't play to win. I will not play with big faith. So I need to remind myself of what could be. And then I need to take specific steps daily that just enable me to move forward. Just move forward. This is a plan that can help some of you. I'm not saying it's going to help all of you, nor am I saying it's the answer. Jesus is the answer. This is the answer. That's a tool. If you want it, grab it. Final slide. I told you I didn't want to beat anybody up. This morning, not my purpose. If our perspective is right, not right, if we're not journeying with our eyes set on Christ, with a belief in heaven, with a belief in a better tomorrow, what's at stake is we're missing out on what could be. We're missing out. You're missing out. Where I'm at in life right now, Nothing brings me greater joy than getting to sit down with somebody and tell them what Christ has done in my life. Nothing brings me greater joy because that changes eternity. And when I get to flip the switch up on somebody's heart to where they say, Jesus is real, and boom, the light goes on, it's the best thing in the world. There's nothing better. There's no better conversation. When that light when I let it burn in me, so bright that somebody is like, hey, hey, I want time. Like, I want to talk. And then they see Jesus in that, and you get to just go, 
what you see is him, and you get to point somebody from where they're at to Christ. There's nothing more meaningful. There's really nothing more meaningful. Everything else is temporal. Everything else will let you down. Everything else will let all of us down. What's at stake is we miss the opportunity all day. When people come in, they walk right by us. We miss the opportunity to point to the one who transforms and who saves. We miss the opportunity to point, to some, to point somebody to that eternity that changes every aspect of life. He's the only one. Christ is the only one that gets you there. He's the only one. We're at the mark. Um, We're at the mark. Real quick recap. We're on the journey. We're all walking. What we see impacts what we think about. So we've got to put good stuff into our mind. That's how we're transformed. That's how we fight being conformed. We're transformed when we put good stuff in our mind. When we meditate, we pray. We work through it day in and day out. When we understand our purpose, each and every one of us, all of us, no matter where you're at, oh, you can be used on the campus. Oh, you can be used in the community. Oh, you can be used in the neighborhood. I have so many stories of heroes like you where just one interaction with a neighbor, one interaction with a colleague, one interaction just changed somebody's destiny. You've all got purpose. Let your light shine. You've all got a platform, no matter where you're at. If you don't know what to do next, put a plan in place. Put a plan in place. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. Make a promise. It's prayer. It's the word. It's meditating. It's engaging with. For some, it's a commitment to get help. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to shut us down. We've got some time here. If you guys want to hang, others want to bolt. Um... Thanks for coming this morning, guys. Lord, we're grateful. I, um, I thank you for an opportunity to talk to the men. What a privilege, Lord. Thank you for every man here. Thank you for Chris and the crew that came to feed us this morning. Thank you, guys. Lord, bless them. Bless them as a result of their worship and sacrifice. Thank you for... Uh, Brenton on the sound. Thank you for coming here. I pray for a blessing on him, for Mike and his leadership, putting this together. Thank you, Lord. Bless him. For every man here, Lord, may they hear you. May they know they are loved. May they know there is more. May they know that you are the one, the only one that saves, the only one to put their hope in and their faith in. Lord, there might be guys here this morning that don't know you, Guys, if that's you, I'm encouraging you. He's the only one. All you got to do is ask. All you do is you say, Christ, I believe. I want you. I don't understand it all, but I'm yours. I'm in. I believe. I'm going to take the next step. Then you share that with somebody. What the scripture says, that in itself changes your trajectory from here to heaven. That in itself is the bridge. He's the one. If any of you want more, Lord, if any of the guys here want more, May they see how to get it. Father, I pray for favor on these guys. I pray for um, protection. I pray for a great weekend for them. I pray for energy and excitement about you. 
And uh, I pray that you would meet them right where they're at. We're yours, Christ. Amen. Hey, if any of you do want to talk more about that, you're not sure and you want to talk more about who is Jesus, I'll stay as long as I need to. Mike, I'll commit you and anyone else from uh, leadership here. We'll have those conversations. Thanks.